0: back to the Justin Kinner show live here on Dayton's ESPN radio 1410 wing AM follow on Twitter contribute on Twitter at 1410 Kinner that's K-I-N-N-E-R at 1410 Kinner taking your tweets and reaction throughout the show we step away from uh, of course the Major League Baseball discussion that we'll get back into coming up in hour three to discuss a little college football we talked a little college football earlier with the reaction to what Kirk Herbstreit had to say about the potential future of the college football season here in 2020 at a little too scary to talk about so we're going to just move forward as if there is going to be a season and one reason that there is a lot of excitement about college football is because of despite all the negativity uh you know going on with everything that we are going through the one thing that has been a positive has been of course the nfl free agency talk the draft around the corner and then of course the job that Ryan Day and his staff have done for the Buckeyes in, in recruiting. I mean, those three things have really been something to help take our minds off of everything and to continue that here to keep our minds off of everything going on. Let's talk a little college football, Ohio State football with Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Austin, welcome in, man. How are you? Doing great, buddy. How are you? Good. Now, I have to ask, uh, considering what you do in the times that we're in right now, I, were you a little concerned at some point that there would be a shortage in content? Because I feel like there's been more <laughs> content this last two or three weeks during this than at any normal given time. I mean, good for you, good for us, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I, I'm very thankful for what you just said. It was Ryan Day and his staff uh, continuing to roll. It's given uh, Jeremy Birmingham, my colleague, a ton of stuff to write about in recruiting. And, you know, uh, I talked to Trey Sermon on Sunday and, and got to, uh, some of the break some of that news uh, about the running back transfer from oklahoma so they've stayed busy and then they've had a couple you know, ryan day had a press conference on wednesday or teleconference i should say that which is great to get some updates about what they're doing and gene smith had had one you know fairly early on in reaction to how Ohio State was handling uh... the coronavirus at that point so they've, they've done a pretty good job so far i'd say of of keeping us busy and i've tried to look at it where uh... basically we have to deal with an off-season every single year, and this one is about a month longer um, than we had planned. And so that's, that's maybe sort of an optimistic viewpoint because we certainly know the severity of everything going on. But just trying to provide our content as normally as possible uh, to give people a distraction if they're working at home or you know, wanting to think about the college football season and what might happen in, in August and September – uh, hopefully we're doing a good job with that. We're going to keep trying our best, like everybody is, to, to make it feel as normal as possible when we know that it isn't.
0: Yeah, it, this is just such a strange time for sports. I mean, I'm taking the real-life element out of it a little bit and just talking from a sports perspective here. But with the real-life right. element involved to a degree, there are so many reasons and, ex- and excuses as to why we can sit here and say, oh, well, there's been not a whole lot of activity in the recruiting trail or why well, there haven't been a whole lot of commits. What is it exactly, what is it about what Ryan Day and his staff are doing that they're able to overcome the obstacles in their way? Because we're, you're hearing other programs talk about the difficulties that they're going through right now. And what I love and respect about Ryan Day is, and this is something we should all look up to in our everyday jobs and lives that we're going through, it doesn't matter what's going on. we got to keep overcoming this stuff and got to keep putting our best foot forward. Ryan Day is a prime example of that and what his staff's been able to do, as we touched on already.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, he, the way he always approaches this, whether whether it's the coronavirus or, you know, just, uh, you know, getting from one week to the next is that, you know, he. He kind of borrowed a little bit of the win the day and, and tweaked it to for himself to win the moment from his previous time with Chip Kelly. But I think that that, that mindset really uh, rubbed off on him. It was probably something that he already had embraced in his own life, which is why it fits so well. But he, he he's not focused on anything other than what can be controlled right in that moment. And I know that that's a cliche, but it's also, you know, it became one for a reason. It's true. He, he was t- asked about, you know, the possibility of the season being delayed or, you know postponed canceled whatever and he said well I mean it's far too early for anybody to really know the answer to that and it doesn't do him any good to spend any time worrying about it because the thing that they can do right now is they can give workouts to the players by the phone they can work out on you know they can share film uh, and they can facetime recruits and talk to them like that part mentioned before I jumped on here the NFL free agency it's the same with recruiting these these recruits still need to plan their future their their clock is ticking. Uh, in a way that's even a little more urgent than anybody else because um, you know they, they still have to be able to ready, be ready prepared uh, when the early signing period arrives or next February they want to know that they've got a place to go and then you add up why is it working for Ryan Day as compared to some other programs especially in the Big Ten well they've got a, a, a year's worth of uh, a Ryan Day resume or whatever added to him as a head coach they've Tony offered has been building relationships with these running backs for a long time. They they had done the work, and so that when they got to this point, uh, it wasn't they had to, they didn't have to scramble or panic or do anything different. They already knew who their priority recruits were. They already had relationships, and some of those guys just wanted to take visits to. Uh, you know, we were down Berman and I were down in North Carolina talking to Evan Fryer and he wanted to commit on his visit, like he already knew that that's what he was going to do. So a lot of these guys you talk about for. Uh, ohio state here they just like being in columbus and they were probably going to you know make some announcement tied to that once they got here so they had already they already knew where they were going to go ohio state had already done so much work they were already so far ahead on the 2021 class that you know these guys really it was kind of a formality and it's it certainly hurt them that they didn't get to do what they wanted but uh in the end it's both parties are still getting through it the way that um, the best way that they can
0: Austin, what about for you guys right now, like what, what is, uh, how we know Ohio State's always really good with the media, but what are some of the adjustments that they've made as far as, you know, how available are the coaches and how have they worked with you guys? Because I think that's the other thing too, you guys have a job to do as well. They don't have to bend over backwards to appease you guys, but they do. And Ryan Day, you know, who was thanking the media just a few days ago earlier in the week, I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool. Just what are some of the things that they're doing differently to appease you guys and to make your jobs easier as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. right now I would say uh, it's a little, yeah, it feels like we've been doing this for three months on lockdown <laughs> and it's been two weeks, you know. So uh, just having, you know, a lot. we go through most summers covering Ohio State and don't ever have you know, teleconference set up with a coach or a press conference is, you know, during the, long, you know, during the urban Meyer era. You know, that stuff didn't exist. And, and so this thing with, you know, just having Coach Day available during a long period where there's not football being played is a little bit rare in a situation, I think, where they acknowledge the value in, in letting the coach weigh in. Uh, I think that that will probably be, be more of that. Uh, you know, Jerry Amig, the sports information director for Ohio State, Likes to when football is out, you know, have a day when all the assistants are available and we can talk and, and really pick their brains for a while when there's not the pressure of a game and and that's like just right now that's not going to be possible for them so I think we might be you know staggering it out and getting more conference calls with those assistants uh, and and taking it up that way but this it's still early for them like they don't they don't really know um, they don't want to expose the coaches or bring them out of their homes like mm-hmm. all of us are under the same stay at home order that. You know you are over there in Dayton that I am here so that's uh, it, it's all it's all new for all of us uh, and they're they're trying the best that they can and uh, I think one thing you know for me personally I'm starting to you know get more text messages and, and hear from them directly uh, just not for publication just because they they're sitting at home and they want to talk about football and they want <laughs> an outlet you, you know this is their livelihood and they're they're this is a new reality for them they're never at home 24 hours a day um, except for maybe two weeks in June or July. This is, you know, they itch to do football, you know, those football guy hours. And, uh, you know, not that anyone should feel bad for them because we're all in that same boat, but that's for their lifestyle. That's what they're used to. That's what they're trying to, to fill that void. And it's really hard for them to do that.
0: Austin Ward, Letterman Rowe with us here on the Justin Kinner Show, talking all things Ohio State football at the moment. Uh, you would mentioned it a little bit ago, Trey Sermon, that was one of the bigger uh, you know, bigger pieces of news for the Buckeyes the last uh, couple weeks. That is big time, especially when he entered his name into the transfer portal. We knew that he was going to be heading out, or not transfer portal, but at least be transferred out. We knew that he was going to be uh, a game changer if they were able to land him. With that being said, but, he's a game changer because of the uncertainty at the running back position for Ohio State. But what if Crowley is 100%? What what if Teague does get, you know, fairly healthy or is 100% by the time the season starts? What happens then? Crowley, I don't think I'm as worried about, but, like, what do you? What happens with Teague or that next man up mentality? Because you're bringing Sermon over, and it reminds me of Justin Fields last year. You're not bringing him over to compete for the job, but you basically just bumped out one of your guys if they're healthy.
1: Yeah, I think it would be, uh, it's hard for me at this point to imagine that Master Teague is going to get back that bad? Uh, to, to 100%. And that you know i i it's, I hate to, to speculate that far down the road with injuries because I would have said in March of twenty eighteen that tough Portland was not going to come back uh, and he was never hundred percent that season, and we all know that how that worked out, but Justin Hilliard a year ago, so he also had an Achilles injury and in spray, and I would have said that's it there's no way he's coming back and he did so you know some of these guys especially I mean master Teague uh, is a genetic freak um he, maybe maybe six months. Is all it takes for him, and he gets right back out there uh, in August and September and doesn't miss a beat. If that scenario does happen, I, I still think that what Trey Sermon gives as an all-around back, uh, and you know he's also coming off of an injury himself. He had an LCL injury at Oklahoma that ended his season last year, and he's uh, still a month away from being full go. He told me on Sunday, uh, but that's ahead of his schedule. Um, you know, I just I think I, I watch Trey Sermon and, and the. The upside he has, I think that he would have the best sort of all-around fit for Ohio State offensively and what they want to do. Uh, I, I I like Teague and the one-cut mentality. I think the guy that I'm highest on on the roster currently, until Trey Sermon arrives, is Marcus Crowley. As you mentioned, he's still getting into the summer with his ACL that he got injured in the Maryland game. He's really he was really an underrated recruit, and I thought everything I saw from him on the field last fall was really encouraging and and he's got a bright future but you know I think all of them would like to be in a position Trey Sermon wanted more carries he doesn't have to get as many as J.K. Dobbins did I think there there is some element to this Ohio State offense where they would like to be able to get back and use multiple backs uh, and not just rely solely on one if you have a J.K. Dobbins you certainly you should do that but I think they like the ability to rotate and find matchups and You know, now they're back in a situation where they might be able to do that again because it was looking pretty thin there, and that was going to be a a bleak uh, spring ball with one healthy scholarship running back in Steel Chambers. But now, if nothing else, you've bolstered the depth. But I think Trey Sermon, a healthy Trey Sermon, has an upside that uh, could be a real game-changer.
0: Austin, this question will probably keep coming, especially once we get closer to the season and once the season starts. Uh, but you're obviously losing. Chase Young, Jeff Okuda out. I mean, the local kid okay. here, Landers out. I mean, you're losing a lot of depth. I mean, the offense is just stacked. I mean, between the offensive line, the quarterback, all the receivers, even now at running yeah. back, pretty they're in good shape. But on the defensive side, you're losing a lot of big names. How's the defense stacking up right now? What are some names that people should be familiar with uh, just kind of throughout the off offseason uh, as far as talk is concerned?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't expect much of a drop off, which is a crazy thing to say when you lose Chase Young. Chase Young, who needs and him? Chase, I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and that's sort of been that's the crazy sort of theme that's developed with Larry Johnson's unit. There's no
0: kidding.
1: Well, you know, Joey Bosa leaves, and and then the next spring, Nick Bosa, you know, Nick Bosa, Sam Hubbard, you know, Tyquan Lewis, Jalen Holmes, are like, well, we're going to be better than that unit was, and you're like, okay, and then they were, and then they lose. You know, Nick Bosa goes down, and and. Uh, Chase Young has double-digit sacks, and uh, you think, well, they're going to be—they're going to have a chance to be better when they don't have Nick Bosa. And they were. It's like somehow they keep raising the bar every single year, and you think that it's going to stop, and it never seems to slow down. I, you know, Zach Harrison—we saw what he could do as a true freshman. That was ahead of schedule in my mind for what what he could become. He's going to be uh, a terror, I think, for the next two years, and it has a chance to really take that baton and be one of those one of those Bosa's, one of those Chase Young's, one of those Tyquan Lewis-type impact players. And I think, you know, you look at defensive end, it's going to be fine without Chase Young. It's crazy. You know, Jonathan Cooper returning is a big part of that. Tyreek Smith, Zach Harrison, we saw Javante John Baptiste come along, Tyler Friday. They've got more than enough guys to keep rotating and keep dominating up front. And that helps everywhere else. And then, you know, a couple guys that flashed early, you know, just those three days of spring, seven Banks looked like he had Completely changed uh, his body and was ready to be a starting cornerback. Kerry Combs and and in the back of that defense, um, you know Cameron Brown was hurt. He's another guy that I've talked to you about before that I think has a bright future at corner. Obviously, you have Sean Wade. Um, you know Sean was going to be a little bit Im- limited in spring. Some some of these guys, you know, look at Sean Wade or Josh Proctor This could be a good thing for them if if he comes back and you have summer mini camps, uh, which is one possibility that's been talked about. Then maybe. Not having spring works in Ohio State's favor. Don't mean to get too far ahead down the road on that, but you know there's there's a bunch of young defensive backs that that's been the position everyone's talked about. I think that they're going to be uh, just fine with a chance to be really good there, even without Damon Arnett and Jeff Facuda and Southern Banks. I think is a big part of the reason why.
0: Alright, with the draft coming up, we know Chase Young, uh, Kuda, they're, they're both going. A chance of a potential third Buckeye to be taken in that first round. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, maybe? I, I've seen a few yeah. mock drafts that might have him to the to the Chiefs, which would be amazing if you ask me. What are you uh, envisioning? <laughs> what are some other bubble Buckeyes that could potentially be taken in the first round?
1: I think people are starting. You know, I, t- I, I touched on Arnett, the possibility there. Uh, there have been a few mock drafts that have included him in the first round. Nice. He made a phenomenal decision. Uh, to come back for one more year. When he wanted to leave uh, after that 2018 season, he, had got, he was he was not just thinking about leaving. He was out the door and and about to start training in Dallas uh, before Jeff Halfley had a conversation with him and he and he talked to some family about the ups and downs that he'd gone through at Ohio State and decided to come back for one more year. He was he was excellent last year despite having that broken wrist uh, that really was you know I mean played every single game with a cast on not easy. Uh, and I saw a stat today that that he had the best passer rating or the lowest passer rating against him in one-on-one coverage last year and he was thrown on a lot Uh, he's a guy that I've talked about a lot that I thought some of the earlier criticism of him and and some of the things that people said when he chose to come back uh, were really unfair and and thank goodness he proved me right in that regard I I think he's going to keep proving uh, himself right betting on himself is going to pay off in a big way when the draft rolls around uh, Malik Harrison is another guy just to sneak him in there that was really impressive. We went to the combine; it feels like seven years ago. I hate to keep borrowing that, but, you know. <laughs> but everything he does it, right now, man. The time has been different, but Malik Harrison was building a lot of momentum there, and I think if he got to have a pro day as well to to meet with people and work out and do all that stuff in the Woody, the way I mean, he's a physical freak. He would have tested off the charts again and, and doing some position drills. I think he can do a lot of different things at the next level if you wanted to move him in and have a 3-4 you know, outside linebacker, a rush guy whatever. Lee Harrison can do a lot of things and I think there's some, there's some interest in him building as well.
0: All right, Austin Ward, Letterman Rowe, awesome enough to join us here on a Friday on the Justin Kinner Show. Austin, I'll send you out with this. I'm confident that we will see college football in the fall. That's like seven years from now, To steal your term. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remain confident, but with maybe a stipulation of potentially no fans, can you imagine Ohio State at Oregon, you covering a game Watching a game of that magnitude, no fans. Maybe Ohio State, Michigan. Can you imagine those games? I'm just glad that there'll be games. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but could, yeah. How much does no fans would that take out of everything, in your opinion, if it comes to that?
1: Well, I, I think that you know, in college football in particular, that the pageantry can, is is what makes it. Um, you know, we all love football, but you know that's you don't have you don't have the celebration and, and the community part of it. You know the tailgates, the you know script Ohio and all that stuff. I mean, it's not the same. I don't think people would watch. I I don't know because it's impossible for us to really envision a life that way. But like college football in a studio with no you know piped in sound or whatever. I I I don't know <laughs> if it would be the same. Right now we'd take anything, right? And the, and that would be a, a situation that we'd sign up for in a hurry as long as we could get football back. But I tend to think that. Empty stadiums are are not a likely outcome and i'll tell you why and that's just look at the the guidelines that were handed out for this disease unless if it's completely under control you play football and you bring fans back i know none of us can predict it but there's so many millions uh, on the line you take some if you're ohio state or any college football program to get it back and fulfill the broadcast deals but you look at a a college football roster you have 85 scholarship players on each team they're going to be coming from different parts of the country then you have the support staff. Like even if you take the fans out of it for football, you're still dealing with several hundred people interacting, you know, sweating on each other. They're hitting and tackling. The sport is a, a contact sport. You're going to be in close proximity. That's, you know, how we understand it right now is how the disease is spread. I don't think that you, you know, if you have golf or you have, you know, tennis and individual sports where you can be separated out, maybe we get those back first with no fans and, and ease back in. But football, I, I sort of think that. We're going to be in a position where you either you either have it or you don't. And I, other people, you know, want to you know make their predictions and do that. That's fine. I think it's way too early for any of us to know. But my personal feeling is that you, with this sport, you have have to get to the point where the fans can be there and watch, or you can't really play it at all, just because of how many people are are going to be out there participating in it.
0: Yeah, think about, and I know you got to go. I'm sorry, it's been 18 minutes now, but like, think about the financial (laughs) ramifications. Not oh, just gosh. for football and not, not just for one school, not one big program like Ohio State, but across the board, Bobby Carpenter, I was listening to him this morning, I believe it was either on get up or, or Golick and Wingo, and he yep. brought up a ton of great points about how this is it's bigger than just you know oh we might not have a season like it can have ramifications that go beyond just football and more than just this year. I mean basketball and the spring sports, everything else, a lot of that is you know kept up kept afloat by the financials from from football. This could be huge, uh, depending what happens the rest of the Yeah,
1: I mean, and and it funds, you know, this this is not Gene Smith. This was another athletic director that I've talked to in the past. Like, basketball and the number, you know, the NCAA tournament revenue and all that, like, basketball funds itself, okay, and then college football funds everything else. Everything, yeah. Uh, So that's, that's, you have to think about that. Like, whether you, I'm not not saying this is going to happen specifically to Ohio State, but certainly at other schools you'd be looking at the potential that you have to, you know, slash staffs, potentially get rid of sports. I mean, football is, you know, for the, sports are just a game crowd. Let me tell you what, see what happens to major universities if they don't have football driving in applicants and, uh, you know, bringing in boosters to your school. See what happens not just to athletic departments, but your entire university if you don't have college football. This is an important driver of the university economy, and you... You have to you have yeah. to have it or else you're talking about a really bad outcome. And, and, look, we can't control the disease. Maybe that's something that does happen, but there will be catastrophic outcomes if college football is not played.
0: All right, well, let's just hope that's not the case. And, Austin, hey, thank you so much, man. Uh, I know it's a Friday heading into the weekend. Weird times, but a great time hanging out with you here for the last 20 minutes. Austin Ward from Letterman Row. Austin, thanks so much, man. Have a great weekend, and you and your family stay safe. You got it, buddy. You too. All right. We'll have that interview up at wingam.com uh, here momentarily. Good stuff from Austin Ward. I appreciate him taking time and hanging out with us for a bit. A lot. I mean, we didn't even, there's so many other things I had my notes I wanted to get into. Uh, we'll just have to have him on again here in the future. We'll talk with Jeremy Birmingham, uh, who covers all things recruiting for Letterman Road next week. Uh, reach out and get him on next week as well. So excited for that. We have Chris Holtman coming on, um, and we're working out a time to get Ryan Day on as well. So that. You know We're trying to iron out those times for next week. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so there you go. All right. We'll step away for a few moments. On the other side, we'll head into Hour 3. We'll talk a little Bengals. Uh, the Bengals right now are rumored to be in on a big potential trade. With that being said, if this happens, this is exactly what you want to see if you are a Bengals fan. They are going all in on trying to build around Joe Burrow, and we'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show next.